Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. So you need to build the foundation of a relationship first so that they trust you, so they want to hire you. And oftentimes we try and get to the sale too quickly. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention DoorDevil. You know, you know what? I need to mention DoorDevil. I need to mention DoorDevil to you. It's not just a want. It's a need because you need this. DoorDevil, quite simply, defends your home against kick-in burglary attacks. They happen frequently. There are 1.4 million homes that are broken into every year, and a lot of them are done through kick-ins. If you've got a home security system, then props to you. I'm glad you've got that, and that's important. But it doesn't prevent the bad people from kicking in your door, whether it's your front door, your back door, your side door. You need something like the Door Devil and DoorDevil is the best in the business when it comes to providing proof that it works. You can go to DoorDevil.com and even watch a video with Terry Bradshaw talking about it. And you can see how it works. It's a very simple product to install. But if you're not into that, then you can just hire a handy person and they can they can install it for you. Very simple. Put it inside the door frame of your front door, your back door, every door you have. And you can defend your home against the kick-in burglary attacks. It's needed. In addition, this is my brother's company. So it's near and dear to my heart. And because it's my brother's company, I'm able to offer you an exclusive discount because he was so kind to do so. You can go when you check out your uh, purchase at doordevil.com. And there's going to be a little field. You enter the word best ever. No space. Just one word, best, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R, and you'll get a 20% discount on your purchase. So go to doordevil.com, go buy it, enter best ever, and secure your home against kick-in burglary attacks. There are so many testimonials on the website. You can read them from police officers, from a woman who is being, uh, her house is being attacked from an enraged ex-husband, and the door devil defended that attack. Uh, He didn't get in. There's like 20 different testimonials from police officers on the Door Devil. Go buy it. Defend your home against burglary kick-in attacks. Go to doordevil.com and enter the word best ever whenever you check out. And you'll get 20% off on your purchase. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and well... 
I hope you're having the best ever weekend, and happy Sunday. And because today's Sunday, we're going to do Skill Set Sunday, which is a special segment where at the end of it, you will acquire a specific skill that you can apply in your real estate endeavors. And with us today to teach us a skill on how to connect with VIPs in our industry and how to get to know them, we got John Corcoran. How are you doing, John? Hey, I'm happy to be here, Joe. Well, nice to have you on the show again, and uh, looking forward to our conversation John, if you don't remember from a previous episode where he was on, and I will f figure out what episode. Do you know what episode that was, John? Uh, I will yeah, Google I, it right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I should have that in front of me. I'm Googling it. It is episode 432, How to uh, Make Five, fi five Figures. I was going to guess 417. <laughs> well, now we're just confusing them. Episode 432, How to Make Five Figures on One Webinar with John Corcoran. So go check that out on a very specific school on webinars. And now we're going to talk about how to connect with VIPs in our industry. But before we get into that, a little bit about John. He is the host of Smart Business Revolution podcast. He's interviewed Marie Forleo, Guy Kiyosaki, Gary Vanderchuk. At 23 years old, he landed a job as a writer in the Clinton White House, and he's on track to do, well, actually, we're going to need to update this. How many webinars did you do in 2015? Uh, too many, about 100. Too many. About too 100. About like, I, I'm serious, uh, serious about it hit around 100. That well, was that, my goal for the year. That's good because I have in my previous notes that you were on track to do about 100 in 2015. So that's a good thing. So web, webinars is one focus of his, and then clearly connecting with the right people to right. do partnerships with, as well as just general business and make introductions. Uh, I've I've noticed firsthand that John is really good at making quality introductions for people that, that I've come across. So uh, appreciate that. And uh, with that being said, John, you want to give the best ever listeners really briefly a little bit about your background, and then we'll get into the specific skill of connecting with VIPs in our industry. Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess the important point is some people hear that background and they think, oh, well, this guy had a, you know worked at the White House. He must have had every opportunity handed to him. And I absolutely didn't. I came from a humble middle class family. In fact, my father lost his job three separate times when I was growing up. I knew what it was like to come from a family that struggled. I didn't go to any special Ivy League school. I didn't uh, have an advanced degree when I got a job at the White House. It was simply because I have really honed in on this skill of identifying the right people for you in your industry and nurturing and developing a relationship with them. It's something that I've done over and over again. I've actually worked in different industries. I was an early employee of DreamWorks working in Hollywood. I've worked in the heart of Silicon Valley, right across the street from eBay. I've run my own law firm, boutique law firm in the San Francisco Bay Area, catering to entrepreneurs. And I've also built my reputation online through writing, speaking, webinars, and um, uh, build a bit of a business behind that. So the point is, and what we're going to be talking about here today, is that anyone can do it. You don't have to have any special connections in order to reach out, build relationships with the VIPs and the influencers in the industry that you're in right now, and it can have a tremendous impact on your business. All right, my friend. I'm all ears. How do we do it? Well, let's start with number one, and it's it's right between your ears. It's the mind, and it can be our friend or foe. You know, we have these different barriers, and I hear them from people all the time, 
that keep us back. Believe it or not, you know, we often like to think it's something external that's stopping us from connecting with the influencers in our industry. Like, oh, if I only had so-and-so's email address, or if I only, you know, had someone to introduce me to so-and-so, then that would turn everything around for me. When really, you know, a lot of times the biggest barrier for all of us, and you probably recognize, you've seen this, Joe, you know, is what's in our own mind. That's what's keeping us back. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear that someone's going to reject us. It's the fear that we're not going to have anything to offer someone who's a, you fill in the blank, you know, multimillionaire, a successful business owner, an author we look up to, or whatever, the person that we're looking up to. We think that we're not capable of providing anything of value to them when that's absolutely not true. And I've been very fortunate throughout my career to spend time with presidents and entrepreneurs, senators and governors, and they're just like you and I. They're human. They have needs. They have wants. In fact, actually, that can be a much better way to connect with someone at any level is simply by keeping it on a human level and trying to be of service, trying to be of value to them. So that's one of the first things I try and reinforce to anyone I'm talking to about this topic is conquer your mindset first and, and have the confidence that it's okay that you, can, that you have things of value, that you can be of value to the people that you'd like to connect with. Okay. And so I mean, the, and if you go into the tactics on this later, then then just you can just say, hey, we're about we're going to address this in a little bit. But the immediate question that comes to mind is, how do we know what we can offer them that will be valuable? Because right. you know, let's let's say somebody who let's do a hypothetical scenario: someone who, as a recent college graduate, they are interested in investing, perhaps real estate. They've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and they want to connect with Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What can that person provide a value to Robert Kiyosaki? Right, and so one of the problems is that oftentimes that person is immediately jumping to the transaction in their head. They're thinking like, oh man, like, let's say they go to a conference in hopes of meeting Robert Kiyosaki. Oftentimes what they're thinking is, how can I immediately get Robert Kiyosaki to hire me to be, I don't know, a web designer to do work on his web team or something like that. And oftentimes we're thinking about that, and that is primarily really a selfish transaction. I mean, it's, it's okay. We all want to get that kind of business, but it's short-circuiting the process, and it's skipping over this very important portion, which is really about building relationships. You need to build the foundation of a relationship first so that they trust you, so they want to hire you. And oftentimes we try and get to the sale too quickly. You know, you can do it in a variety of different ways, and we can talk about some different strategies. But the most important thing is to be attuned to what the other person needs. I've been on both sides of this scenario. I've been someone who's reaching out, and now that I've built a bit of a platform, I've had a lot of people who reach out to me. When they reach out to me, most of the time when they're reaching out to me and they're trying to do something with me, they're trying to fulfill a need of their own rather than a need of mine. And what you need to understand is that the people that you're reaching out to, whether it's Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, whoever you're trying to reach out to, they have needs as well. Mm -hmm. They're different from your own. But they have needs as well, and what, what, you know, you're going to bond with them a lot more quickly if you try and help them to achieve those things. They have big goals. They have missions. They have businesses that they are trying to take a certain direction. If you can help them with that, okay. if you can find what they need, then you can get a lot further. So in that example, then is the answer to the question, don't reach out quite yet until you build a relationship with Robert Kiyosaki? Well, what I would do is first I would try and educate myself about that particular person. 
And people often say, well, how do you know what that person needs? Well, the truth is there's a lot more information now. There's 10 times more information now, 100 times more information now than there was even 10 years ago because of the proliferation of social media. You can Google someone. You can research about them. You can find those things that you have in common with that person, and then you can go from there. Maybe you'll find that you have a, a mutual connection. Or even if you don't have a mutual connection, maybe you'll find that there's some particular need that they have. For example, maybe they have a book coming out in a couple of months. If they have a book coming out, that's a huge opportunity. You know, you can see how you can help them to promote that book. I know a lot of authors who've published a dozen books or more. They still want to sell more copies of their books. So if you can help them, then that's a great way to do it. Another tremendous tool that we're using right now is an interview. An interview is an amazing tool because it's really, you know, you can, you can do it for multiple different purposes. You don't need to have a big podcast. You don't need to write for a big publication in order to do it. But it's really just the excuse for you to reach out and to start building a relationship with someone. And then once you do that, then you can take it wherever you want to. But it's just, the interview is just the excuse to reach out to someone. Awesome. Makes sense. Okay, so we start with our mind. I'm, now I'm going back high level to your, your process. So we start with our mind then what do we do? And then we're thinking about different ways in which we can provide service to them. You know, an interview is a great strategy. Another great one is just simply sending something of value to them. So a couple of examples that I've used in, in different webinar presentations. There's a woman that I met a year and a half ago, and she sent me this email like a week or two after we met, and she said, I noticed that you share content on Twitter and you use Bitly as a link shortener, which a lot of people do, to share content on Twitter. What I wanted to let you know is that you can actually get a branded link, kind of like the New York Times does. So if you look at the New York Times Twitter yep. feed, it's like nyti.ms and then a couple of letters and numbers, and it looks kind of cool. It looks a little bit more professional. And she recorded this six-minute personalized video for me that showed me exactly how to do that. Now, what I loved about that is it was unique, it was different, it was unusual, and it was repeatable. So it's something that she could do over and over again for a variety of different people, and you're providing value to people. You know, it kind of knocked my socks off. Another example is a woman named Mimika Cooney. I did a Blab Hangout a while back. It's kind of like Periscope, yep. kind of popular platform now. Did a Blab Hangout, and we had some audio problems. And in our interviewees couldn't really, we couldn't hear them. So afterwards, this woman, first of all, she came on during the Blab to try and troubleshoot the problem. It was just really nice of her. And then afterwards, she sent me a Blab interview prep sheet that was white-labeled that I could send to future guests so that they could be prepared and try and troubleshoot any audio problems in advance. Now, what I love about that is that it didn't require that much more effort on her part. It was something that she was actually preparing for herself. All she did was remove her own website from it so that I could use it for my own purposes as well. And that's just two examples of ways in which you can provide some kind of unique value to people that is, is going to be of service to them, is going to really, it can be really helpful to them. The key is try and find, be something that you think will be of value to them. The book thing is huge, that's for sure. And that, that's such an easy way to get connected to people you want to be connected to if they have a book coming out because everybody wants to promote their book. So then it's just a matter of what platform are you going to use to promote it. And then, like you said, it, it, it really doesn't matter if you're just starting out with a blog, although before reaching out to someone like Robert or Barbara or someone like that, you should have pre-populated content so that it's clear that this isn't going to be yeah. the, the first blog post interview. But it, it's so easy to oh, yeah. do stuff like that. And as long as you're positioning it so that you're promoting their stuff, and you also have to do a little bit of positioning for yourself to show that 
you, you will get more exposure for their stuff. Absolutely, right. And, you know, the bigger the name, the harder it's going to be to get someone like that. But, I mean, I my podcast doesn't receive that many downloads, and I've had some amazing big names on my podcast. You just have to get, get kind of creative about it. You mentioned Marie Forleo earlier. The reason I got her was I have done some contributing, some writing for Forbes, but at the time I wasn't writing for Forbes. I'd met a, a friend, a person who's become a friend. Her name's Dory Clark at a conference, and she wrote for Forbes. And I just pitched her and I said, hey, how about we co-write an article for Forbes? I'll do all the writing. I'll write a draft and, you know, and then you can publish it. And she was happy about that because, you know, she'd get yep. content. So then I took that and then I wrote this article about a conference that was happening that Marie Forley was speaking at. I went and interviewed one of the co-founders of the conference so that I could write this article. And then at the end of the interview, I said, I'd like to also quote some of the other speakers for the conference. Would you mind putting me in touch with Marie Forleo and Derek Halpern and a couple other people? And he did put me in touch with them. I ended up interviewing them. And then when I interviewed them, I said, you know, I know your time is super valuable. And so what I'd like to do is to make sure that our time is as maximum utility and goes even further is record the interview and then also publish it on my podcast. Is that okay? And of course, they're like, sure, of course. That's how I got them on my podcast. You know? ah, I love that approach. So yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you got to take what the person is most interested in, which is, you know, being published in something like Forbes. So maybe you get you end up getting someone on your podcast that you wouldn't get otherwise using that approach. Yeah. I, and anybody with a podcast and some fingers to type and can replicate that, you just got to find someone and this is very, you know, like mirroring you exactly. There are many forms of this, I'm sure. But find someone who is writing for a publication if they want to co-author something where you basically write the majority of it. Right. And, and then they, you know, they, they get attribution as well. And then through that, your research, you know, to record the interview to get quotes for the article and then just put them on the podcast. And, you know, it's, it's no extra work for them. And it's, right. it's more exposure for, for everybody. That's right. And you know what? You don't have to be a great writer in order to employ this strategy. Sure, it's going to be more competitive to write for bigger publications and writing has to be better. Really, the interview and the article is just the excuse to have that conversation. And then you can take the relationship wherever you want from there. It's up to you to really to continue to provide value to that person. You know, I got an email from a, a young guy named Liam. Uh, he's up in Canada. He's a university student, so probably 20, 19, 20 years old. And he had literally reached out to Mark Cuban, the billionaire investor on Shark yeah. Tank, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, reached out to Mark Cuban. I got in his email address, connected with him, and ended up interviewing him and transcribed it and published it on his blog, which was a free WordPress blog. It didn't even have an exact domain. It was like his name.wordpress.com. <laughs> free blog with a billionaire Mark Cuban on that. So, you know, you don't need to write for a big publication in order to do this. Another strategy that I really like, I'm a big fan of this one. Anyone can do this. You know how these days, any laptop today pretty much comes with a built-in webcam. All you need to do, someone's coming out with a new book, or you can do this for a product as well, is literally record a two-minute video looking directly into your webcam. Hold up the book if you got it with you. Hold up the book and do a two-minute review of why you like that particular book. Publish it to YouTube. You can embed it on your blog or some other blog or something like that. Or you don't have a blog. You don't even need to do that. You can just publish it to YouTube, and people will find it organically. And I've actually had authors who've emailed me before I can even email them 
to tell them about this review because they got it on a Google News alert. And then they emailed me and said, thank you for doing your review. Mm. Um, but now I, there's a woman named Asherita who is a, um, a blogger in the Christian faith niche, follows some of my work. She saw this suggestion that I made. She did it. She ended up developing a number of close relationships. Did with she another. interview God? She, as far as I know, she does not have an interview with God yet. But that would be. She just needs to record a YouTube video. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That would really help. Testimonial. That's right. But she's actually developed a number of close friendships with other writers, other authors who she's used this strategy to connect with. So you would think that writing is an artistic medium and it's a talent-based medium, but. You, employing a strategy like this can actually further your own writing career because a bunch of opportunities have come up as a result of her just employing this one strategy. Mm. Let's assume that we have gotten to this point now. We, we got past our biggest barrier of fear of rejection and we don't have anything to offer because you've clearly outlined more than a handful of ways to provide them value. How do we know and this might be too broad, but I'm going to throw it out there. How do we know what we want out of the relationship or what would be reasonable to expect? Sure. Yeah, and um, you know, oftentimes people get confused about that. You know, they're not sure who is the right person to connect with. You know, is, is this person going to lead to long-term value for me? You know, are they going to become a paying client or are they going to refer other clients to me? Are there going to be other opportunities from that? And that's fine. Sometimes you need to let those relationships play out for a while before you figure those things out. What I advocate people to do is to create what I call a relationship roadmap, and I call it your conversations list. And it's basically a list of the people organizations and events which are aligned with your particular goals for your business or for your career. So let's let's take real estate. We're on real estate show here. Let's take real estate. Let's say you want to you want to further your real estate career as a, a investor or as a developer or a property owner or something like that. What you can do is just literally brainstorm a list of the fifty people who you either know right now, or maybe they're one step removed, maybe they're friend of a friend, maybe they've you've done some work with people, 50 people who you think you could benefit from either building or deepening a relationship with over the course of the next 12 months. And I say over the course of the next 12 months because so often we're trying to consummate a transaction with a relationship in like a 30-day period, and it just doesn't happen that way. When you take right. a longer-term view, you're going to do things consistently over time, and that's going to build a much stronger relationship. And then you can do the same thing with events and with organizations because that will lead to other opportunities. The organizations that you frequent, the events that you go to on a regular basis will determine your network, which will determine where your business goes and how your business is influenced. So these decisions that we make on a smaller basis, on, on a regular weekly or daily basis, whether I'm going to go to this conference, whether I'm going to go to this event, whether I'm going to attend this monthly meeting of this organization that I belong to, they really have a real significant long-term impact on our own business, on our own career. But we don't really take some time to think through those decisions. So what I advocate people to do is take the time, sit down. It should only take 15 or 20 minutes and, and write down these lists. And when it comes to events and organizations, by the way, I recommend doing about, you know, write down like eight or ten different events or organizations which you might want to deepen your involvement with over the course of the next 12 months. And then of those, narrow it down to two or three and choose those. And over the next year, really just deepen your involvement with those 
only, and then reevaluate after a year whether you're starting to get the results that you'd like to see. And if not, then cut bait and move on and join another organization and see if that is a better fit for you. Oh, man, that's so such good advice. Very practical. Um, and I was I was going to I was going to ask you about the 50 organizations and events. But then you said that's only the, fee- the 50 people, then eight to 10 orgs then and eight to 10 events and narrow those each of those down orgs and events yeah. to two to three. That makes sense. I mean, and oftentimes we we uh, we stretch ourselves too thin. You know, one of the most popular blog posts on my site is about how we should all drop out of more groups because it's very easy these days to join another LinkedIn group, join another Facebook group, you know, all these different things. And we hop from group to group rather than really just throwing ourselves into it. So I have basically two different groups that I'm really deeply involved with. And that's my top priority. If I can go on a Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, I'm going to go on the Internet and I'm going to you know, screw around because I don't want to do it at work at the moment. I'm going to go to those groups because that's what my priority is. You know, What are the two groups? Well, one is a group of about 100 different entrepreneurs internationally that have some kind of online presence who support one another through various different, you know, supportive activities like some someone launches a book and everyone else supports one another. What's the name of it? It's, it sounds like secretive. It's called the Joint Venture Marketing Mastermind. Okay. Uh, doesn't have a website. It doesn't have any online presence or anything like that. Um, and it's uh, just a, a group that is run by a guy named Dove Gordon out of Israel. So that's one. And then the other one is um, I went to a conference last year called Mastermind Talks, which is 130 amazing entrepreneurs. It was in Napa Valley. And um, they have a very active Facebook group. And, and they're just, you know, a bunch of really high-level, A-game, A-player entrepreneurs, the kind of people that I want to immerse myself in. And so that is another group that I'm actively involved in. And that's it, you know, I mean, because you, you, know, you think someone like me who advocates the importance of connecting and building relationships and joining different groups and going out there, you think maybe I belong to 100 different groups? I don't. I just really zero in on the most important ones for me. Is there anything else as it relates to connecting with VIPs in our industry and getting to know them that you want to mention that we haven't d- discussed? Yeah, I think another important one is um, creating some kind of follow-up system that works for you. Now, that's really the kind of the low-hanging fruit. A lot of times, you know, you meet someone at an event, at a conference or something like that, and you just let the ball drop. You know, you, you a month, six months, 12 months go by and you never follow up with it. And so it's it's really important that you have some kind of system so you can continue to follow up with those people. Now, there are a lot of different options out there. I use a CRM, Customer Relationship Management, program called Contactually that I'm a big fan of, but I'm constantly trying out different ones. There's one called Nimble. Um, there's VIP Orbit. Uh, there's a lot of different ones out there. Insightly, Salesforce, you know, those are some of the bigger ones that are well-known. But, you know, we have all these relationships now, and they exist across different platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, our email, they're in our phone, we have phone numbers, we text with people, we email with people, we have multiple different email accounts, and it's not enough to just have people in all these different categories, it's really important. If if you believe in the premise, which I think most of us do, that it's really all about who you know, you know, who you know is really incredibly important, then invest 30 or 50 bucks a month or whatever it is, three, $400 at the end of the year 
in your relationships is the best thing you can do. So I recommend doing that in order to implement some kind of follow-up system so you're consistently following up with people over time and people don't get dropped through the cracks. What does it do from a high level, the you know the contactually or any of these, uh, does it just remind you, hey, you should email them? Or is it a certain like drip campaign where you send them yeah. standard like messages? How does that work? Well, it has a variety of different features. What do you and, use it for? Well, the way what I use Contactly for the most, honestly, is introductions. You mentioned that at the beginning. Um, yeah. I, I use introductions a lot. The truth is if you want to broaden your network, if you want to connect with the influencers and VIPs in your industry, if you want to have a list of A players that are on your speed dial that you could call at any moment, then what you need to do, you, rather than waiting at home for the phone to ring, rather than waiting for other people to reach out and start introducing you to all the A players in your industry, is you need to just start and get out there and start introducing others in your network who don't know each other. I guarantee you right now, everyone who's listening to my voice, there are two people in your network who would benefit tremendously from knowing one another. If you just take that simple premise and then continue it on up and continue doing it, for the people that are aligned with your goals that are perhaps in your industry already, then your network will grow too because a certain number of them will reciprocate. I use Contaction for introductions. I use it for tagging, keeping track of people in my network who have different types of interests or you know, you know, who, I'm, uh, who live in different cities or who might attend one of my live retreats that I organize. I use it, the system for that. But then you can also use it for follow-up. So you can set your priority levels. You can say, these 10 people are my highest priority. I want to follow up with them once per month. And you'll get reminders on a monthly basis. It'll also email you reminders to follow up with people. So it's, it's a really robust, any, any of the CRMs out there are robust and they have a lot of different features. But those are the primary ways that I use it now. John, this has been – every time we talk, I just learn so much from you, and I love how you're specific and you give tactics, but then you also give the psychology and practical examples for how it plays out in, in your world and others' worlds. So I really appreciate you spending time with us on and teaching us how to hone our skills and in some cases acquire the skill of connecting with VIPs in our industry as well as getting to know them, you outlined a very simple, straightforward process where first we start with our mind. It's the biggest barrier because we always hear about the you know fear of failure, blah, 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 but really it's the fear of rejection and that yep. we and you nailed it, I think, when you said we and we feel like we don't have something to offer them. And if if we're not I think if we're not at least initially thinking that, then there's something, some type of chemical imbalance wrong with us because then <laughs> we're that person that just reaches out to people and they, we expect them to like follow up with us. Uh, so I, I'm glad that uh, if, best of our listeners, if you are thinking that you don't have something to offer, it's a healthy thought. Now the second step Stop is it. you find through research what you can offer them, what you have in common, books coming out, doing, do an interview, do a blab hangout. Uh, or excuse me, the blab hangout you you said where the the individual saw that the you know the blab stuff uh, needed to be honed, so you did the white, so you got the white label uh, from uh, the the uh, the participant, and many other tactics. But first, start with the mind. Second, give them value after you identify their need, and then third, uh, t the next step for any best ever listener, and this is perfect for raising money, by the way, is to create a conversation list. 
and list out the 50 people in our industry that we should connect with and then uh, write down the organizations, 8 to 10 organizations and events, narrow it down to 2 or 3 over 12 months. As you said, we get so caught up in our culture of immediate gratification. It's stupid because then it's a transaction basis, not a relationship. So over 12 months, what's the relationship look like with these 50 people, with these organizations, and then creating a follow-up to put it all together and consistently you know, add value and see what those conversations look like and see how the relationship evolves over the 12 months. So thank you so much again. And, and lastly, where can the best ever listeners learn more about you? Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's always a pleasure. Uh, SmartBusinessRevolution.com is my home base. Come drop on by. I actually have a, a number of email templates that you can grab. So if you are wondering what it is I say to that influencer or VIP I want to connect with, I give away a bunch of email templates, so go download a packet of that at smartbusinessrevolution.com, and we'll send it to you right away. And I can tell you personally that I have downloaded those email templates, and my assistants have used those email templates for stuff that I'm doing nice. with Guest Outreach, and it's incredibly effective, so definitely nice. go do that, best ever listeners. <laughs> All right, John, hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Joe. Are you looking for a fast start to real estate investing, and do you want to learn how to get that fast start for free? then you're in luck because a previous best ever guest, Teresa Bradley Banta, her episode was number 68 if you want to go listen to that. She's got a program she just launched called Fast Start to Real Estate Investing. All you got to do is go to the website and uh, get started. It's 10 videos, bonus resources, 30-minute call with Teresa, um, all for free. Go to her website, which is TeresaBradleyBanta.com. That's spelled T-H-E-R-E-S-A-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-B-A-N-T-A dot com. And then click the tab on the far upper right-hand corner titled Fast Start Program.